0: Welcome to a special presentation from LTN Con 2020. Tonight, we will be featuring both complete breakout sessions from Hector Mira and Chris Poirier. These are the intersection of faith and comics, origins and getting the job done.
1: All right. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to our wonderful talk on comics. My name, of course, is Chris Poirier. With me, as always, if you listen to the Polis Podcast, is the one and only Hexor. And I won't claim that he's French this time, but we're coming here via video, which is weird for us, but we hope to bring more of that awesomeness to all of the folks that love Thy Nerd and people that listen to the Pollis this podcast in the future the polka podcast the, pol- yes. the polka well that we weren 't going <laughs> to tell them about the polka um, comic book podcast, but I guess the cat 's officially out of the bag and hector 's been learning polka for the last six months just so that we could do more um, variety content but Hector and I want to talk about probably one of the most amazing things in the world, and if you 've seen or heard us speak before we absolutely love comics because we might've only read one or two in our lives. And Hector is only up to seven different devotionals based on pop culture and comics. So he may have some vested interest in the intersection of where faith and comics or faith and fandom or oh. copyright, copyright <laughs> registered trademarked, etc. cetera. Um, so I think the one thing that we just want to talk to all of you about, in this wonderful time is kind of how we came to where we are in our ministries and why we find comics to be so amazing and so interesting when we talk about that intersection of faith, culture, and comics. So I think just to get us started, I'm kind of going to be our MC so we can let Hector tell us and just bathe us in his brilliance is – Hector kind of what puts you on the path to to comics can be a tool for reaching
2: people with the gospel. I think the general path like as a broad run-up was that I grew up reading comics. Um, and I had that whole period in my teenage years where I was more interested in girls than comics. And, um, Mm -hmm. I sold my comic book collection at a very stupid price to buy flowers and a limo ride for a girl. Um, so, you know, there's that, but, uh, In general, comics were, you know, kind of that part of my life for a long time. And then I started getting into Comic-Con culture of visiting large Comic-Cons in my region and um, like seeing the passion that was present beyond just the local comic book shops. Like when you see 30,000 people in a virtual dungeon underground, just really excited about something, it's a lot Uh, easier to tell how big their passion is. And Hmm. for me, a lot of that was I share passion with them on what the pop culture end, but I know that there are in, in just a room of 30,000 people, there have to be people who are either a just as passionate about faith as they are about pop culture, but they don't know how to express it or connect it. Or B they're curious about faith, but don't have a place they feel comfortable to latch on and learn more or see that they're straight up against it, but could be shown love in that capacity. So that's just one of those things that I saw how passionate our culture is when it comes to pop culture, comics and things of that nature. And that it just seemed like a, a wide open space to be able to share that mutual connection of things we love and maybe either nurture another thing we love or open doors for that.
1: Sure. And I don't know if you've experienced it. I've only experienced it in some cons that I've been to and things, but you also say that there's probably a certain percentage of folks that unfortunately the church is like, no, that's what children do. And it's been distracting and all those things. It's like, how dare you put your, your superheroes before um, the Lord and all that, that, I know that I've talked to plenty of people that have had that experience of having their, their culture, their, their community, as you just said, kind of, um, Oh, we don't do that here.
2: Uh, It's, it's, it's something I've seen and it's things I've seen in a lot of, and I'm not even saying this to be judgmental in this mindset, but it's usually a lot of people that are self-righteous, um, that usually swing that hard for the fences with that, um, faith and fandom almost got born a lot sooner. Hmm. faith in the fandom officially got started in 2013 it almost happened in 2006 um the bible camp that i was a director over i was the ministry the director of teen ministries there um we had decided we were going to do a superhero summer and that each cabin was going to be a different comic book location so queen's gotham metropolis etc stuff like that and that basically we were going to do uh devotionals and stuff based on each location and that we were going to do these things where we would actually get the local comic book shop i got our local comic book shop to donate giant standees of all the characters and everything to give us posters i have an x-men number one poster like the giant comic book store original print poster that was donated by to our camp. And then we literally had one of the missionaries at the camp be like, that's worldly. Nope. <laughs> How dare it, you? it was like, literally I'd put in like six months of planning into getting this started and got hit with that. This is a worldly thing. And so we ended up talking about Elijah's like a superhero because, and you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but like they were so afraid of tapping something, that was kind of beginning its stride that uh they were afraid of that but that's that's a a thing is that comic books pop culture in general is something that a lot of people are afraid to touch or they draw a very restrictive line around those things of like this is the appropriate world this is the inappropriate world this is for children this is for adults and you know And the same thing that spreads through video games and certain entertainment and other stuff like that. Right. I'm sure most of us have
1: experienced in some capacity or another the, oh, that's the thing that we don't talk about here. And I know just as I've gone to different churches on staff that usually during interviews, I'm like, it's okay if I play Dungeons and Dragons, right? I also have tattoos. We should... Can, can I just get all this out up front so I can know whether I should spend the next month and a half, um, going down this road. So yeah, it's a journey. I think many of us have gone on.
2: It, so it, it is
1: good. So I think the thing is for a lot of us is at what point did you begin to see that there is a inherent value within these stories, this specific pop culture medium that, It's just started jumping out at you because for anyone that has had the pleasure of picking up any of your, um, devotionals, you have a very natural eye to these types of things. Or if they just follow you on social media, like your day-to-day life is, Oh, that's a thing. Um, that I'm sure that like many things, that's not something unless, you know, God did just reach out and go, Hector is my geek and tapped you on the head. Um, how you kind of began that cultivation process of going from point A to point B with this type of
2: material. Um, I just genuinely thought that I, I I grew up with, the with christianity and comic books kind of like side by side those were both things i picked up in my teenage years and um i just knew that there's stuff that there's stories that were powerful to me that they were stories that shook me that there were like episodes of batman the animated series or x-men the cartoons or stuff growing up that like even as an adult still kind of shake me or you know it's that thing of I, you know, being in middle school, we're about the, we were just talking, we're about the same age bracket. Mm -hmm. I was in elementary or middle school when Superman died Mm -hmm. and I read comic books then that wasn't like new to me, but all of a sudden it mattered to all the other kids in my class because Superman died and that was a shared cultural adhesive. And like it was something that everybody in my like elementary middle school class in that time frame was like, Superman died, and that was something they all connected with. And I think that we have this bridge that's already laid. We have this something that these are stories, these are characters that we connect with and that we're passionate about. And one of the things that you see go so poorly. Um. With uh, careful wording. Um, <laughs> choose your next words carefully. Choose, choose your character. Um, no, sometimes evan- evangelism seems hollow mm. because you have no shared connection with the people you're speaking to. Um, that they are like you're just coming at me, shotgunning your message at me. And then skedaddling, where when you have something that you connect with, it's more like, hey, we're a little, we're adhered right now, and I'm open to hearing more from you and sharing. And um, it's the same thing of like, uh, I was at a conference at New Spring Church, uh, I don't know, five years ago. Um, And I was in a crowd of roughly 7,000 people. Um just I didn't know. A couple. Got it. Yeah, just a couple. I didn't know anyone there, not a soul. And I literally wore my Doctor Who hat as a flag <laughs> to start a conversation with a nerd. Like, if there's a nerd in this building, somebody's gonna, gonna say yeah. somebody's gonna get this and have a conversation with me. And literally, um, we sat down in this conference arena um about for the thing but starting then this young woman turned around and said, I love your hat. And I said you're a great, here, I have a Bible study for you. And I literally pulled, uh, I pulled a copy of Faith and Fandom, I think one and two at that point, out of my bag and like handed it to her. I was like, hey, these might be an encouragement. And that's literally, I just had them in my bag to give out. But that's the thing, I've, that, that one person that I met randomly, we've been friends for five years now um, and connecting with that. And there are people that when you talk about a certain comic book story or you talk about a certain character that. You have an automatic connection and an automatic open door to actually not just to to be a segue for the gospel, but also to truly be a connecting piece. Like when there aren't that many people that like the question, but (laughs) when you see somebody else, you know, I have a friend that changed their profile picture to the question. And I'm like, I didn't know you, blah, blah, you know, we had a whole conversation about it or, you know, different connections, me. you're a big Rorschach fan. I um, mean, yeah. it's just like when you see somebody else share a passion, it's almost like an invitation to get, draw closer. And, and I think that's a big deal.
1: And to be completely honest, literally two hours ago at the comic book store this morning, a dude rolled in with nothing but Watchmen tattoos on both arms. Um, Had, you know, a Dr. Manhattan in the black and white, a Rorschach in a black and white, and then Manhattan walking through the atomizer being you know, that that iconic scene of the skeleton and just like being blown out. That was a tattoo? Yeah, it was black and white. And I was like, well done, sir. And and showed him (laughs) mine. And he's like, there's not a lot of dudes that put that have Watchmen tattoos. I'm like, no, that's why I normally notice them while I'm out and about. Um, So, right. It's like you said, that shared experience generally, I think, is an underpinning that we simply come to the realization as Christians that God created us, knitted us together, literally for the sake of community, for wanting to be around one another, which is why COVID-19 sucks. It sucks that, yeah, that Hector and I are talking through a video screen today instead of- You moved away anyway. Oh, so wow. So. This, is, this is where we're going to have this conversation. Sorry, love that nerd. You get to watch Chris and Hector work some stuff out for the next 30 minutes. You before. abandoned me. It'll be <laughs> It'll be interesting, we swear. But no, but- Community is so, so important. And yes, I abandoned Hector and I apologize.
2: You're playing at church, whatever. It's, you know. Yeah,
1: fine. Advancing the kingdom, doing nerdy things. How dare you? Um, that Yeah, that shared experience comes to a lot of stuff. And what's always been super fascinating to me, and we'll kind of share it for um, LTN talk part two, because we're going to focus primarily on that cultural experience and why comics are so important to overlaying the faith story and the realities of the gospel in this one. But the next one's going to be the practicality of how we go about that is I met Hector at a con and you know, the rest is history as they say that I walked up to his table and went, wait, there, there is an intersection between faith and all this stuff. And there was Hector smiling at me and was like by my shirt, And I did. And now we talk about faith and comics and stuff on the interwebs for, for funsies and to also hopefully reach folks that you're not alone in this strange journey of comics and faith and all that. So I think some of the importance for today's talk as we've kind of been getting around is there's lots of different things that get us to um, the venue, if you will, for the conversation. But for you personally, Hector, um, as you kind of started forming these devotional type things is what really started jumping in your brain as you were reading comics that made you go, hey, wait a second, I've heard this before, or something similar. And kind of what's that thought process work out for you? How does the mind of Hector function as you're starting to show the intersection of these two things?
2: Well, one of the Great things about comic books, especially like you know that we're really starting to show appreciation for, is the fact that we've got roughly a uh, eighty year track record of yeah
1: only eighty years, nothing yeah, no,
2: no biggie. We've got like an eighty year track record of continual stories weekly um, of eighty years of stories being told over and over again, and when stories are being told in that fashion, you get a picture of a the heart of artists and creators mm. in their time period, but you also get a collection of how they view the world and what the world is interested in, what the world feeds on, and True. you can see through what's being what stories are being told in comic books now where the world is. It's almost like the folklore of modern times, um, and with that, there's always been. You know, you know, the whole thing out of Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. The, these stories of redemption, these stories of hope, these stories of betrayal, of forgiveness, of bitterness, of redemption, all these stories that we read in comics are stories that echo through scripture. And that if you are interested in the story of someone sacrificially you know, redeeming of people. You can find that in both if you're interested in those things. And so it's easy to see that, like when you're reading these stories of heroics, because I think one of the reasons we're drawn to comics so deeply is because we want, we want heroics. We want stories that tell us that we can be better than what we are. We want to see good overcoming evil. Cause I mean, think about comics going on during like world war two, right? We wanted to see evil, be
1: vanquished, and let's, we wanted to see heroes rise up let's look right at the beginning i think one of the best stories that's the easiest to talk from is literally the creation of superman mm-hmm. that we have two um jewish creators um in 1938 so even before US involvement in the war looking across the world seeing and hearing things from their family seeing what's unfolding well the United States is still figuring out what they're seeing and they get together and want to create an image of something that gives them hope and humanity and that comes in the passage of an alien that gets adopted by literally some middle American normal folks for the time that then has literally the power of everything within them, but at the same time is still kind of like a normal dude, right? You know, Clark puts on his glasses and somehow forgets how to write and use the English language apparently. Um, but I took off my glasses and I forgot the ability to see, right. <laughs> He's like, what, um, that that's the starting point. And most amazing for us is a lot of pastors and a lot of Christians always do the oh, the Christology of Superman. I was like, hold up, I'll let me back you up. <laughs> I said, dude, Jewish dudes created Superman.
2: But for there's them, yeah, there's still
1: plenty of parallels. But for them, they actually were holding up a Moses type archetype, they were looking for the person that was going to guide them into the next thing. But just look at over time as Superman. 80 plus years of existence multiple creators that we can see the same type of hope and images that we go from Old Testament to New Testament super quick in literally just the creation of one guy that literally two folks that um Simon and Schuster were small dudes like physically and otherwise and they still found a way to tell a story make it interesting and then still go and fight a war and and come back. And Captain America was exactly the same thing happening literally a couple blocks from Simon Schuster in Manhattan. Some other young dudes were sitting down going, we need something that we can look to and see the good in the world right now, where it looks like there's so much darkness. And then boom, 80 years later, we know who the first Avenger was, right? Yeah. Who here didn't know that? Pack up your stuff and walk out quietly.
2: We're not now, judging I, you too much, but. I try to push up my glasses when I'm not wearing. Yeah. Um, but one of the other things too about the Superman story, we, we always hit that part. But one of the things, and I didn't learn this until I read Brad Meltzer's um, the, the Book of Lies. Oh, yes. Um, that one of the reasons Superman was created the way he was, that he was a bulletproof human, was the fact that one of their fathers was gunned down Mm -hmm. and the killer was never found right so the idea of a bulletproof man that fought for that fought against injustice was honestly like a basically a wounded child saying this is what i wish my dad was or going through that so i mean it's just there's always going to be elements of these stories we connect with and like for me um I'm, I'm a pastor. That's my like day job, but I, I fully admit, I am not the best human all the time. And I (laughs) mean, I make mistakes and I'm sinful and I do all these things. And there was a story. And, you know, I I mentioned this one a lot, but it was a Tom King's two issue story called the eternal vow. That was a Batman and wonder woman trapped. And it's a struggle of their integrity. Yes. And literally, I don't know of another issue Uh, like a single small story in comics that has challenged me as a man, as a pastor, as a husband, as a father to have better integrity than that one story. And whenever I'm telling people about, you know, Batman stories or in comics that changed my life, like this simple two issue story that like called me out to have better integrity. That's a big deal. And I think that's one of the things is you've got an, uh, a virtually endless catalog of stories that echoes things we go through and i think that's an open door and you know the fact that it's gone on to be that the stories we that were in print usually went to cartoons or tv and now they are the biggest move money makers in the world right outside of star wars but you know that's a, another fine line um but they're the biggest stories in the world where when i was growing up in middle school I got picked on for checking comic books out of the library versus now, like you're weird. If you don't go see the new Marvel movie, Uh, it's like, it's the thing we've gone from it just being an underlying part of our culture to it actually being a staple of everyone's culture. Like it's, it's, it's something that's the connective tissue in entertainment. And I think that, I can echo off from that because
1: again, it's a piece that will kind of get to the practical, but I want to use it as an illustration that during my last year at the comic shop as a manager, I started book club and I had a bunch of church people be like, why on earth are you starting a book club? You should be starting a Bible study and how dare you and all that good stuff. And I'm like, hold up, fam. Um, Everything we just talked about for the last 10 minutes is the setup to the rest of this story. And that if I call it a comic book club, a bunch of people are going to show up because what do you do at book clubs? You read the thing and you talk about how it impacted you personally or how you found certain themes, et cetera, interesting to your life, right? Because we've all experienced life differently, had different things happen in our life. And we usually look to entertainment mediums to either reminisce about certain things or to look at something that we've experienced differently or to go, yeah, that was really difficult thing I did in my life or happened to me. And in a book club, I had literally, I brought a couple of my Christian friends with me and that's a good thing to do. And we'll talk about that in part two. Um, but I also had everyone else from the shop. So we had members of the LGBTQ community present and we just said up front, we're like, Hey, we're going to talk about life in here, which means a lot of stuff's going to come up. So everybody can agree that we're going to be cool. Right. That, you know, acknowledge that people experience life differently and that that happened to you. So that's a valid discussion. Right. And we started dropping books and that was the thing that everyone came up with was, these are the these stories tell about life or difficult pieces of life and now you get the opportunity to talk about why that matters to you or what type of impact that has to you so for a lot of us christian nerds we can get straight to the gospel from stories of revenge from stories of redemption from stories of hope that That's where our community, I feel like, got lost for a few decades where they were like, nope, nope, don't read those nasty comics. And it's like, but those nasty comics are literally a mirror of the world that they're present in.
2: We always need a scapegoat to actually put us off from having to deal with self-discipline and holiness. Right.
1: And also the realities of that bad stuff happens Mm -hmm. Um, and that a lot of those things are the sin realities that are in front of us. But deep down in a lot of those stories is still a hero that's trying to punch back the darkness or to figure out why maybe revenge isn't the way. I was like, Batman's going on an 80-year pretty difficult trip on figuring out that holding the grudge of his parents being murdered in front of him is kind of a thing in his life.
2: Impacted <laughs> him just a little. That's why we needed Robert Pattinson to say, I'm acceptance. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's not wrong. Um, But we constantly see creators throughout the years dealing with those types of of questions and the morality of even superheroes. Because if you have the ability to be a superhero um, that either has superhuman attributes or you're Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne and can throw money at each other until, you know, things happen. Um, And Peter Parker just got bit by a radioactive spider, you know, right place, right time, I guess. Unless you're Daredevil, then you got hit by a truck full of radioactive stuff and became blind for the rest of your life. So I guess it depends on how you look at that. Um, But no matter how insane the stories are, there's some element grounded in reality that I think is where we kind of make that connective tissue, like you said, and why community is so important for the comics folks. So I guess, Hector, as we kind of weave our way to the finish line for part one is what do you think is really important or tips for folks to be able to look at an artistic medium and find um, find elements of the gospel um, present is, is that the process or is it the other
2: way around Um, for me? Uh, I, I always point to uh, First Corinthians nine twenty two. It's the uh, the whole thing of where Paul said, "To the weak I become weak; to the strong I become strong." It's mm-hmm. like that. We w- are going to be able to find connectivity with the stuff that we're passionate about, the stuff that other people identify with. So as we're getting into like the next chunk that that's kind of the scripture that i you know i'd say has that attitude that heart but the other thing is it's the simple thing of where you know jesus said if you seek you will find if you go into pop culture looking for spiritual themes you'll find them if you go into uh scripture looking for things that connect to what goes on in your everyday life You'll find it. One of the problems is people read scripture as something to check off or read it as history instead of how does this actually apply to what I'm seeing, what I'm going through and stuff like that. So if you're, if you're honestly going into what you read, what you watch, what you're entertaining, then it's something you're going to train your mind to. Um, My kids, I have a 12 year old, a 10 year old and a seven year old. And um, they know that when we come along something spiritual in a pop culture medium of any kind, that I'm going to run and grab this laptop and uh, screenshot stuff and make memes. Um, so many memes. So many memes. Um, but, but with that being said, like, I don't tell my kids, Hey, when we watch this, you be ready to stop. When I see it, like, they, they don't know it. Like it's to the point now that my 12 year old, when she hears something that has biblical relevance, she doesn't even look at me. She just pauses it. <laughs> um because she's trained her mind she's like "Mm, that's something dad will use or that has a good spiritual thing that's like this like so she has trained her mind to look for biblical relevance in our pop culture like i think we were watching the downton abbey movie or something recently she's like boop, you need this for this and like whatever else from so from star wars to downton abbey to avatar to all the different things it's the and even when we read comics because when i read Get comics each week. You know, I'll tell her, these are appropriate for you. Come back and talk to me. And she's like, did you see this panel? And like, but it's the thing. If if you honestly go into looking for the spirit of God, the presence of God, the themes of God through your entertainment, you'll find it. Um, but it's not like it's going to force you. He's not like he's going to force you to see it. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's the difference of if you go into a grocery store looking for off brands, you know, you'll find them if you look for them. Otherwise they just kind of all blend in. Uh, so it's, it's honestly a lot about your perception about what you're looking for.
1: Do you have any advice for anyone in terms of how to think that way or to process is, is there a habit that you've found that is really helpful in seeking God in those places or has it truly been the issue of we make sure that as good Christian practice, getting time in the word is obviously one of the most important things that we can do to build our ourselves up. Um, So are you diving in the comics like straight after your study time and that helps? Or, you know, um, I'm trying to think of, let's give, let's give a little bit of a tidbit on that practical,
2: on that practical application piece. As, so, so I'm, I'm going to, I, I'm just making this up right now. This is, sure. this is an LTN con exclusive, but I will use this for the rest of my life. Cause I think it's Registered, a good idea. Copyrighted, trademarked. I can make an R, gang patent, signs. Patent, um, patent pending. So, I'm going to do this is what I'm going to call the Mark Shepard effect. Ooh. If you're familiar with Mark Shepard, uh, he is the short, bearded, British little man that's in all pop culture. Um, <laughs> he's in Doom Patrol, Supernatural, Firefly, Doctor Who, Battlestar Galactica. Um, like, uh, he's literally in everything. Um, pop culture related. And that's the thing. um, When you see Mark Shepard in one thing, it's easy to point out, Oh, Hey, I just saw him in this. They're connected in some way. Um, If you aren't actually reading scripture and putting that into your life, you're not going to recognize it when you see it out there. Mm. So if all you're taking in is what you hear in a sermon on a Sunday, you're probably not going to have enough intake to be able to see it outside. But if, if you eat, it's the whole idea of what goes into you is what you're going to have the most recognition with. So if you're putting scripture in you on a daily basis, you'll see where scripture applies to you in and out. Um, if you're in, so that's, that's one of the biggest things I'd say is the, you need to be able to actually see it here so you can recognize it there. Um, and keep it fresh in our, but like, it's not like I jump from comics to Bible study and it's, that's rarely that it's right. that, um, I've, I've done that whole thing, you know, out of, you know, at Psalms which said so that I hid your word in my heart. Um, that's, I can, I'm one of those guys and I get, I'm a pastor. That's my job. But like, I I can look in any remote situation usually and say, that's this reference. Um, if somebody brings the scripture off top, but this is the deal. That's not just relegated to pastors or full-time ministers. That's if you put enough scripture in you, you'll see it in the world around you. And I, I think that's one of the biggest things is to have scripture going into your life and then have a mindset to actually see where the themes of God are present through what you see and what you read.
1: That's great. And I think as we've kind of discussed here and as many people that just the nerds that they are, we all have our different fandoms. We all have our different geekiness and stuff. So we absorb a ton of content um, pretty much constantly and I think that's kind of the intersection. It's why faith and fandom exist. It's why Love Thy Nerd exists, that we all have those things that are we're super passionate about. And this is then the beginning of the intersection, quite literally, of those two things, because if we have that solid grounding in scripture and the realities of the gospel, then it means we can speak. We have a relevance to speak into culture and that art's for everybody to observe and take in and interpret. And though, trust me, plenty of creators will take great personal offense when you interpret it differently than they intended it. The true beauty of all art is the fact that technically interpretation is part of the process and the enjoyment of the thing. So we hope that at least some of you are inspired by the realities of if we remain grounded well in the truth of scripture, then we can continue to show those wonderful parallels in the world around us. And to hopefully draw others into conversation where they wouldn't have thought conversation is. So Hector and I want to thank you for kind of this first part of our conversation on comics and culture in general, but come back for part two, uh, the sequel. And we're going to talk a little more about that practical application as to, okay, so I get it now. I can see the gospel in culture around me. So now what do I do with that message and with the stuff that's around us? So don't miss it. Come back for part two. We'll see you there.
2: Electric like Boogaloo.
0: What's up, everybody? It's station manager Matt, and this is five not cool things. Number one, wondering if the appetizer I'm sharing with a friend is being divided evenly. I'm looking at you, Craig. Number two, the student who warns his classmates not to make it a popularity contest when voting for class president almost always loses the election. Number three, people who eat carrots or apples way too enthusiastically with their smacks and snaps and slurps. If Satan had a ringtone, this would be it. Number four, how a song dedication played on the radio is usually never heard by the person it's being dedicated to. And number five, being stuck in a hotel with basic free TV on a weekend and being forced to watch either golf, daytime food network, or how to sew quilts with Aunt May. Those are five things that are totally not cool. But you know what is cool? Taking a moment to realize there's a lot of things in your life to be grateful for. Hey, I'm not going to begrudge you the occasional gripe. Just make sure that your attitude is not on the not cool list. Have a good day. Hey everyone, I'm Hector
2: Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. The month of October is one of the most artistic months in the world, Because of things like Inktober or Arttober, which, in a nutshell, are prompt lists that are put out by different people to challenge people to pick up a pen and draw something once a day for the entire month of October. And lots and lots of people participate in it, and there are different people that have put out different prompts, but they all do the same thing, which is challenging people to do art every day for a month. And realistically, that's the only time I draw each year. And some of the prompts are more challenging than others. Some are fun, some are frustrating, but for this one month, you have thousands and thousands of people submitting to direction of someone that is challenging them to actually do something with their life. And if you actually stick to some of the more mainstream ones, like Inktober, you've got people all doing the same thing. Like, today's word is Blade. My oldest daughter just drew someone from Demon Slayer, and I'm going to draw Blade the Vampire from Marvel on some roller skates and title it Rollerblade, because I'm a corny old man. But the thing is, we are in this place where we are willing to submit to people's instruction and guidance in this fashion, and I'm just telling you guys, if we can do this, where we submit to somebody on Instagram telling us what to draw, how much more could our lives be challenged if we actually submit to what God is leading us to with his word? In Psalm 119, 105, we see your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path, and if you read through all of Psalm 119, it's this echoed concept that God is giving us prompts, God is giving us direction, God is giving us clear guidance, and if we are willing to actually go to Him and submit and follow Him, we will have all the guidance we need for our life, but sadly, most of the time, we don't actually follow the prompts God gives us. So let Inktober, October, and all of this month be a reminder to us that we can be better If we're willing to submit to the prompts, to the leadership, to the wisdom our God gives us. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Radio Morning Show. Only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about what Faith and Fandom is, you can head over to our Facebook page where you can find information on our Comic-Con ministry and our book series. I'm Hector Mirai and thanks for sharing 180 seconds of your day.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to part two on comics and culture and faith and all of the wonderful things as Hector is going to attempt to interpretively dance through this entire section to give you an idea of what it's like to practically put your faith into practice when engaging with comics and faith and culture. How dare you let me down this quickly, Hector? How dare you? I hear that
2: so often in so (laughs) many arenas.
1: So anyway, um, we talked kind of in part one about the importance of comics, the intersection of faith, and just how they function as those tendons, those connective points for community and for culture in general to engage. And I know the question I get a ton and the question that you get 47,000 more times than I do is cool. I've read your stuff or I've seen your stuff. I've heard you guys talk about the concept of faith and culture and everything, but how do I does the same thing so that I can have an impact wherever I am or with my small group of nerds that love comics as well. So I think for this conversation a great place to start is probably going to be Hector how how did a a young naive very naive pastor Hector go I can make all the things work together that ultimately led you to your first book and then your first book made you go I should go to conventions so for those of us that aren't talented enough to write a book. <laughs> you are. Um, Hector, just let us all know that apparently we are. You Self, are. Self-publishing is a thing. It is. And Amazon helps you with that. You know, Listen to the podcast or we'll start a podcast for Hector on how to self-publish your devos. Um, but yeah, so what brought you to the... I should go to conventions, but not... I should go to conventions and like throw... Bible passages and devos at people as they pass. Uh, but you actually took the approach of, I'm going to take a table out as an artist. So how about you tell us a little bit about all of that for people that don't know the convention scene for comics and how that became kind of your pathway as one of your practical applications.
2: So for the bulk of cons, there's not usually a big spiritual presence, and one of the most constant spiritual presence are negative street preachers, yes. or and I, I won't, I don't even really refer to most of the ones that I'm referencing as street preachers. They're more just like jesus hecklers or yeah, they're like,
1: very angry angry jesus people um
2: like the one the one that just threw me was like when i was at san diego last year there were literally what the street preacher was just like you smell bad you live in your mom's basement i'm like what like literally <laughs> but jesus God. loves you <laughs> none of that none of that um there was it's was like it had a verse about hell from revelation and he the dude was just talking Something. trash that was it was rough so but that's a lot of the presence at cons and um I remember it was uh, Heroes Con, which is in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's uh, the comics purist show. It's not a pop culture show. It's a, a comic show. It's a comic show, for sure. It's a, um, and it was uh, Heroes Con um, 2013. And um, I went there, I and I'd done some cosplays and different stuff while I was at Heroes Con. But I just remember literally standing on the floor of the convention center saying, I can be a positive spiritual presence here. And I I was like standing around looking at the endless aisles of people and cosplayers. And I'd had actually had some Jesus conversations with some people I knew that were cosplayers. Mm. And um, I said, I can be a positive spiritual presence here. So I I said, right there, I'm going to have the goal. I'm going to write a book between now and the end of the year of devotionals. And I'm going to come back next year as an artist and set up my booth to do it. And the reason it was that way, instead of just like passing out free things, one, if you try and pass out free things at a convention center or at a, a con without a table, you'll get kicked out. Yeah. That's a pretty <laughs> solid recommendation. That's a, yeah. if, if you just walk around trying to pass out free things, even if they're good free things, you'll get kicked out Two, uh, most of the stuff that people just hand you when you're walking around, they don't, you don't hang on to it. Um, it's, it, it's at some point in time, you're it like throwing it away. So if, if I, even if I had, um, a book, a table of like, Hey, I'm giving out free things, you know, it's not, the, the, the deal is if people see that you consider what you have to offer as worthwhile and that you consider yourself as an artist, um, then you have the same rights, liberties, and opportunities as everyone else on that floor. So I thought the best route, and I prayed through it, the best route to uh, really um, be able to minister to that convention center crowd, and it was only going to be the one time. It was gonna. It was honestly more of like a mission trip than a long term ministry. And so I wrote the book, went through the publish, publication process, did that. The book published in like January, and the first big con was in May, and but it actually built up some buzz between january and june um and some other stuff had kind of popped up with that but for sake of discussion um and i i wanted to do that because at least if i didn't sell a bunch of books there would be people seeing a visible kind compassionate presence that actually liked the same things that they liked And if they wanted to have conversations, they could have conversations. Um, I wasn't going to force anybody. I wasn't going to yell my Jesus sales pitch at them. It was going to be like, what's this? I'm glad you asked. And then have a conversation. Um, And that honestly started out with how that went. The first year I did it went so well, like crazy well. Um, And before the first day was out, I had already gotten invited to other cons. And people are saying, we need this app this show um uh, con said will you come do a church service at our con um and you know just kind of opened doors where i had planned it to be a one-time thing it opened and it developed and uh then i think the first year total 2014 of cons um we did five shows that year and i think the second year we did 20 shows Um, And just kind of escalated from there. And I think last year I did church services at eight cons and um, it's been that thing. And it went from just being a positive light and discussion for the attenders, uh, attendees. But then one of the biggest things that developed is actually building relationships and ministering to the other artists in artist alley. Like when you, when me buying a booth, to be able to communicate freely to the people in front of me turned into, I have two people on both sides of me that I get to have conversations with for a whole weekend. Um, so instead of having small conversations just with the people on the other side of my table, I actually get to have conversations with the people beside me. And, um, that's been like, the base of what the ministry of like the con ministry of faith and fandom has been, it's been panels and stuff like that. And one of the other end of it was when I did a fanboy face off and clever movies and stuff like that, I was a screenwriter for them, uh, which that came from the first book. Like that had not I never sought that somebody read the first book and said, Hey, you know what you're talking about with nerd stuff. Work right for us. Um, that opened doors to where there were cons that actually wanted me to be there for that instead of faith and fandom, but you know, it, it opened the door. So I still had more opportunities and even shows now that I don't set up a booth at, they still had me come in and do chapel sure. services or panels or stuff like that. So, um, it, it's built a foundation of it, but, that, that's that was my way that I felt was the best route for me personally um, that doesn't mean that that's not the route for everybody because I know LTN gives you know they have the booth where you give out lanyards and um, primarily the our the layout for love
1: the nerd and for most of the, for a lot of folks watching uh, today they know that our presence actually came from what used to be a booth based, um, ministry in game church to what evolved into right now, which is actually a little more of us individually, you know, wearing our prideful shirts and all that stuff, pride in a good way, um, that people point out and go, yeah, you're with the LTN folks. Um, they're all over the place. And that, the things that we're going to try to hand out are rather than things that could potentially get thrown away or forgotten are going to be things that are useful. And, and that's want to hang on to them. Right. So that's why the lanyard became such a huge thing because how many kinds have you been to that give you janky lany- lanyards?
2: Or if any lanyard at
0: all. Right.
1: So it's like, unless you're at San Diego or New York, um, cause Baltimore does not give you one um, heroes. I don't know. It, it depends, but usually you gotta be like at a New York or a San Diego or a C2E2 to get like a really awesome lanyard. And you hand a bunch of vendors, a quality piece of lanyard, They put that garbage on immediately. And that garbage immediately turns to solid gold and they wear it everywhere, which has your stuff on it. And people can connect again to that relationship that you created in a moment. And I think that's the part that everyone that's watching different tracks of stuff here at LTNCon this year or heard a lot of different conversations last year or just know LTN's existence in general is it's all about that relationship building, that that is the platform that basically... Um, You've heard other LTN leaders. It's something that I say a lot personally is you got to earn that right to speak the gospel into someone's life. And a lot of that comes from, Hey, we like the same cool, similar stuffs. And so there's a bunch of different ways to approach conventions. And I think one thing that should be drawn out right now for a lot of folks that might not have thought about it is the panel issue is if you've, not if you don't have the ability that someone has graciously reached out to you and been like, you should do a panel on X, Y, Z that happens when you're known in some um, local communities, but almost every convention allows you to pitch a panel from 30 minutes to 45 minutes to an hour. And honestly, from both of our experience from con running to being to a lot of regional to local to even national shows, most of them, when they hear, wait, faith in comics, tell me more. And if you have a pretty good plan, they'll be like, I've never heard that before. Why not? Let's see how many people show up that, for a lot of folks, even for the biggest atheists out there, they'll be like, I don't got it, but I want to claim that I've got everything. Um, and I mean, that's
2: that I have been the token. Yes. (laughs) Like, uh, the token Jesus so we can check it off. Like, uh, one con I'll, I'll remain nameless, um, had basically a sin tonight, repent tomorrow (laughs) sales pitch, um, where they had, like drunken parties all throughout saturday night but don't worry we've got church on sunday morning with pastor (laughs) you'll be fine (laughs) Uh, but it's been that but like um and you might get some hesitancy pitching panels um but as long as you honestly uh if you have integrity and you aren't coming across like a douche waffle you'll be fine see um it's the little things in life but don't be that guy don't be that guy and like i've i've had and don't be offended if they want to check you yeah um i've had more than one showrunner want to call me and have a conversation or get a video or audio of a previous panel just to make sure i'm not abusing people um and you know and that's the thing i've got a track record enough now and um i've even seen other people sometimes with, and sometimes without my permission, um, running a full faith and fandom panel complete with the logos, um, at other cons. And you know what, if it's getting the gospel out, great. But one of the biggest things I want to tell you or to encourage you is that you can pick your own lane and do things differently. Like, uh, Eric Anderson, that's over with, um, the the 42 book and uh it's another series of and god terraforms all things like he's he's got another set of geeky devotionals he focuses a lot more in on the cosplay end of things sure and you know that's i like cosplaying but trying to tie that to this isn't where i'm at it's it's too much for me um there are people that work you know as you're going to see through all the other great people in this pan are this event there's board games there's video game stuff but like being able to tie that to it um, and if you want to just pass stuff out if you want to have panels however you want to do it um, just know that the only person that's going to qualify you to do these things is god Um, you're not going to have somebody else come up to you and say hey uh, we think you have the qualifications to do this take the steps you want to um, and go at your own pace with doing it because There's really no guideline for this. Um, Right. This is just you being faithful with the passion and calling you've got in your life. And it's taking those opportunities
1: because a lot of shows really have tons of time of content they need to fill. So if your thing isn't creating content and getting a table to sit in Artist Alley like Hector's done in the past... Um, maybe your pathway is going on an LTN mission trip or just in your own community, being that person that goes to be a shining light in a dark place. Because a lot of these conventions, they're just not used to seeing Christians in positive lights, which means, you know, having your love thy nerd stuff or other um, church adjacent type stuff actually gets you a pathway into it because you're all the most amazing thing about conventions. And this is true of tabletop conventions, comic book conventions, video game conventions, music conventions, enter your favorite fandom here is that when every single person steps across the threshold into the magic of the show floor, it's like everybody suddenly becomes one. And it's the strangest experience for a lot of folks that if you haven't gotten it, but it's one that a lot of us, are dramatically missing this year in 2020 is that it's what the church should be right it's it's literally a group of people that could not possibly be more geographically socioeconomically racially every potential defining feature of a human being could not possibly be different but we all show up for the thing and everyone's willing to talk about the thing that they really enjoy no matter what. And that's where we get to then bring rubber to the road of sharing how those things interact with each other and why as Christians, these things are amazing to us. And that's why if you can find your way into a convention, whether it's via a table while it's going on a mission trip, it's finding your way to give panels or be that spiritual influence Um, a lot more places are looking for folks to do like nerd churches or something, even just a regular chapel service on Sunday that depending where you are, especially if you're in the Southeastern part of the U S too easy. Most people are like, Jesus, got it. We got to do that. Um, But there's even more things that you can do that as a showrunner, one of the, the way that I got into anything that I did was I was like, I love the comics and I want to do more what can I do? And they were like, volunteer your time. I was like, tell me more of this volunteer time. And that was everything from helping set up literally running ticket lines. Um, that if you see random volunteers running around to any show, usually they have cool shirts that say volunteer or please abuse me. Um, no, that's something different. Um, that, That's most of that is free labor at most places because what they do is they take that opportunity to get entrance to said show. That's usually the trade-off for most shows is you volunteer for a certain amount of time and you can get a ticket to the event. So A, that's a great way if you don't have a ton of money to gain access to shows is to volunteer up front and get your passes and everything, but it also gets you introduced to the showrunners and to a lot of artists and whatnot. And that becomes your pathway to building relationships and getting to know folks. And then that can even transition further to a lot of larger comic book stores, use volunteers for events at their shops, um, which again, gives you access to um, folks um, like free comic book day, except for this year, man, 2020 is really starting to get me down. Um, that free comic book day is like comic book Mardi Gras, depending on how big your store is and where you are. And I was at a very large shop. So we, we would do, you know, a month's worth of inventory movement and sales in a single day. Um, usually when free comic my, book day came around.
2: My first ever faith and fan of event that I sat up at was a free comic book day and they had professional wrestling in the parking lot. Yes. Like the full ring wrestlers, they had a tent with uh, video games, cosplayers, and me. <laughs> and <laughs> look, look,
1: everyone, there's going to be wrestling and Hector
2: and Hector. Um, but that, that's the thing. wrestling. Like, Hector? No, wrestling and Hector. If you give me the opportunity, I'll go. Um, but uh, like this with you, with you did your book club at your shop, and yes. you did that. You worked there, but yes. realistically speaking, that's something you could sales pitch to any local comic book shop um i've got uh two local comic book shops in my region um they carry my books and that's one thing but i try to intentionally and if you listen to our podcast i've been more focused on investing in them today like today i drove to a comic book shop they didn't have what i wanted oh. so i bought other stuff just to put money in their hands but um like uh, this past two weeks ago uh, one of our local shops actually had vendors and artists in their store. And I got to say the doing that in that shop was a better day for me than like the last two cons I did. Um, so inv- cons are a big out there thing. And some people are intimidated by them. You getting involved in your local comic book shop is a game changer. It really is. A
1: lot of shops love their local community because without their local community they don't exist. comics in and of themselves is not a high profit margin business people do not get into comics to get rich if I broke any dreams I'm sorry but unfortunately it's one of the, it's one of those things of on the retail side or even as a creator there's just not tons of money in it so it is a labor of love industry top to bottom you can make a living that is for sure but it's not like private jet money we're talking gas money for that car. That's hopefully paid off. Um, kind of thing, you know, do the Dave Ramsey thing and you get your comics and your car payment and it's all good. Um, but supporting that local shop gets you a lot of access, um, because a lot of owners really respect their clientele that get that it's not an easy industry and 2020 and COVID has not made it easier. Um, that it requires people that truly enjoy these things to come to bat. And I'd say one of the most powerful things that a lot of folks have done this year, or if you haven't this year and you're looking for something to do is one thing that my wife and I did immediately when it looked like we were going to go into a lockdown type situation where businesses were going to close for weeks on end was our local, our friendly local game store and our local comic shop was like, Oh, please come spend money. And so it seems like overly simplified but it's true that you just open your wallet a little bit and you know we bought a month's worth of stuff in a day instead of spreading it out because we didn't know what was coming next and both of those shops have survived here lots of shops across the u.s and canada and the world have not and we're closing more comic shops right now than are being maintained um because of elongated closures and all that so something as easy as just picking up a physical book or an extra book or picking up older trades is going to open a doorway to that relationship with those owners that you can then start having the conversations of what else can I do to make you, your life easier? Or, Hey, would you like a book club? I know book clubs are kind of great because I hope I can bring 10 people, which means you're gonna sell 10 trades of whatever I'm reading that
2: month. Especially if you tell them that you'll order the books through them.
1: Yes, no, no, yeah, don't do the Amazon thing. Sorry kids, this isn't about saving money, this is about doing, supporting the local business. If you want to make enemies incredibly quickly, start a book club and then show up with all the books because they'll know where you got them.
2: Um, one, one thing too, just to add to all of this is that longevity playing the long game versus the short game makes a big difference. Show up consistent. If you have a passion to actually reach out to that community, show up, like, you know, commit a couple years worth because there were artists, vendors, uh, even show runners that said that they didn't talk to me for the first three years I did this because they weren't sure if I was real or approachable right. or trustworthy. And then like they actually bit in and did that. My local shop didn't invite me to have my books in their store until I would published like five books. So it's, you know, it's, it's not always going to be popped off for bat receptive immediately. But one, one of the other things that I'll just say to you, like if you have a, a heart to do this, Um, you need to do it with the idea that it's going to be like starting a small business or anything else you are not going to see, or maybe you will, but don't bank your level of success on immediate responses. Right. You need to be comfortable knowing I'm planting seeds for this season.
1: Yeah. A lot of times. And a lot of what you'll see in the convention circuit, especially is if you have one or two major shows that come through your area or you can get to easily a year, it means you're going to spend three, maybe four days back to back getting to know people. And then a year is going to go by until that show comes back. Now, if you're lucky enough to get to travel or do multiple regional shows, um, or you choose to travel you will then run into a lot of the same people over and over again. I've likened it to what had to have been what the old days of like vaudeville and like old circuses used to be. Cause it used to be, you know, you remembered when vaudeville acts were coming through town or when the circus is coming back and the enjoyment of having the circus in town for like a month or whatever, because you created friendships during that time period that were explicitly around that thing. And some people are like, I really don't understand. And I'm like, yeah, it's a really old (laughs) reference, but it's the concept of we have convention families. I have people that I only know in the context of the comic book industry because of us standing in convention centers across the U S from coast to coast. And then online throughout the year that thank goodness for Facebook and stuff like that, that this is now instead of having to wait a full year, if you're lucky enough to get behind the veil of some, of the celebrities in the comic space. Many, most of them are approachable upon you meeting them. Um, You then get to have conversations year round with some of these folks, but getting to see them where most of us don't sleep for 72 plus hours at a con because we're literally catching up with people and trying to put even 10 people in the 72 hours to catch up with when a lot of us know 30, 40 artists that well at a show, there's a lot of times you feel like you just don't get to everybody. So it is a long-term investment, but let me tell you, it's super fun because a lot of creators in this space are genuinely awesome human beings. And you will find a lot of really neat people in this space. You'll find out that there's a lot of people that actually feel the way we do. There's a lot of Christians that are on that side of the space that just by the reality of their industry, they're a very small minority in a very large pond that doesn't usually agree with their their position in life. And so you have people that are explicitly open about their Christianity, Hector, faith and fandom setting up a table, to guys that, you know, when you start talking, they'd be like, yeah, no, bless you. And thank you for what you're doing. It's like, wait, hold up, you're one of us. And it's because they've gotten used to having to be quiet In an industry where, you know, they feel they can't be as open with themselves, but some of them, their, their work speaks for itself and can get away with doing both. And so it's really neat space because you're going to find tons of persons of peace or people that actually agree with us and are really fun conversations to people that are like, you crazy, that's not how any of this works, but you're all right. You're not, you're not totally insane. They're like the guy that's throwing things at people out front with the sign that wants to hurt me saying the end is nigh is really kind of painful to this existence. Um, so yeah, it's cons are just amazing, but yeah, definitely never forget your local opportunities in either local small shows because it doesn't got to be the huge convention center downtown.
2: I do most, I do a lot of my most effective ministry in tiny shows. Yep. Some of them will literally be at flea markets. Some of them will literally
1: be at your local library. Some of them will be on the front lawn of Hector's property because he's like, forget this 2020 mess. And he had front lawn con um, a week ago now, a week ago. It, it was just this
2: past weekend and so it was, it was great.
1: He did, he did some stuff. And so you can get creative with this stuff because people are missing their community um, right now. So a lot of it for us right now is thinking, How do we come out the other side of COVID? Um, How do we continue to engage people in an environment where most of us have been face to face in our existence at cons? It's we go to be around other nerds, dress up like nerds and go to panels with nerds. And I just need a hug. (laughs)
2: <laughs> on, on the community on the end of it it's one thing too but like i know that everyone's watching this listening to this is not going to be an extrovert right and i am an extrovert but even in a con i feel like overwhelmed and i love having a table as my little bubble to hide behind mm-hmm. but let me just encourage you if you feel a call to do ministry in this field but the idea of a a convention scares the poop out of you. Um, please understand you, there are more private ways of doing this. Yes. Do a blog, um, the hoot and how is a blog that does a really great job with this. Um, And I see her stuff mostly on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, She has a blog that runs well. Um, That you've got people like uh, Geek Devotions that do video and podcast devotions and stuff like that, where it's not necessarily in a con setting, but they have a consistent thing with that. Um, Listen, podcasts, uh, writing your own blog, making your own podcast, reading your blog on your podcasts. I mean, it literally, doing stuff that you don't have to have a big audience, but I would just encourage you be consistent, be faithful Mm. and um, don't be concerned with numbers. Right. You legit don't know how many people are affected by what you do. Um, And one of the things that I've seen most effective with faith and fandom, even more than all the cons and everything else is usually twice a year. I give away all my books for free digitally
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and a couple thousand people download them twice a year. I don't know all of their responses, but my stuff's going out there. Um, so if you, if you have a heart to create or a heart to reach out to this, um, look at your surroundings, look at your circumstances and see how does it play out for you? And some of it could be just as easy as just supporting
1: your local store, which means going in and buying an extra comic a week, picking up that trade that you weren't going to pick up, finding out if he needs help just like on delivery day. Cause some of those stores don't have extra staff for when they got to go through stuff and
2: do polls. If you're good at Um, social media, offer to do their social media because a lot of comic book shops have terrible social media.
1: Yeah. Websites and social media usually is something that a lot of shops need help with. But I mean, another way that you can gauge is local libraries are also growing places where they're getting more into realizing that comics is a great pathway to help kids learn how to read. So being, you know, that superhero that literally can bring comics to, because a lot of the big comic um, publishers provide trades to libraries to increase readership and all that. So a lot of the time the stuff is there. You just may need to start a book club or reading to children that, this is one of those that literally, if you can think it, you should probably try it um, because there's just so many different options. And that's why we can't possibly cover everything in the time we have with you for, for today. But, you know, always know you can reach out to love Thy nerd to Hector or myself personally, and that we would be more than happy to help all of you figure out what are the things that you want to do to get engaged in this group of folks. Cause we wouldn't be doing it if it
2: wasn't fun. And <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a blast. I mean, even if it's just as much as doing a small Bible study group with your friends and using comics, even if it's not in a comic book shop, uh, Todd Turner, who's one of our people active in LTN, he hosts a small group. Hi Todd. Um, He hosts a small group and it's just doing big things. There's, I've seen lots of people, Corey, uh, different people that are doing small groups and some of them use my devotionals, Some of them use other people's devotionals, but the material is out there and you can do it yourself as well. And even if it's just, in, I, as I said this, if you ever want to use my books to do a small group, email me, I'll send you the PDFs. Um, and there's a lot of other people willing to give you resources. So it's
1: literally, a, if you can dream it, if you can build it, they will come. So don't, don't feel barred by anything because the sky literally is the limit just don't ever be afraid to ask. Cause especially in this space, if you don't ask, you will never know if you Chris ask is a better
2: asker than me. Yeah. it's like real talk.
1: <laughs> um, some, and sometimes it's, you need to find your friend that you're like, who, who knows this and, and is willing to make introductions. Find your Cause, Aaron. Yeah. Cause there is a ton of folks in this space. They're like, Oh, you just need to talk to so-and-so or you need to talk to so-and-so. And a lot of that is just getting in there and building those relationships and getting after it. So if you haven't figured it out, the theme of LTN con and LTN in general is build those awesome relationships. And God is going to open tons of doors for you to be able to do unbelievable ministry in ways that you could not have imagined. Because if you had asked me seven, eight years ago, when I started seven years ago, when I started this journey, um, that I would be doing ministry in this space, I'd go the what now? And so don't, don't ignore those little things where God's just poking you to back. Go no, no, seriously, do the thing. Cause I sit before you today as a guy that was in the process of church planting, that is now hopefully in the process of building a geeky ministry center where I'm going to read comics to kids and teach them how to read and play games and video games with them while showing them the beauty and realities of the gospel and just what Christians are supposed to look like in this very broken world. And I would have straight called you insane if you told me that even six months ago. (laughs) So it's amazing what you can do for the kingdom in the geek space in general, but comics is a super easy pathway because all you have to do is have a love for really cool art and reading stuff and sharing that with one another. So Hector, I don't know if you have any parting words um, of, of wisdom for everybody, but I think that that, was our LTN talk on comics and culture. And it could have had a hundred percent more Hector doing interpretive dance, but we just want to thank you all for, for listening. And as you got questions and everything else, head us up because we're here to help you become better locally and feel empowered to do all the cool stuff that God has for you. So, you know, as they say, um, if you know more comics, read more comics for sure. See, this guy gets it. So thanks, everybody. Enjoy the rest of the convention, and we will see you out there being nerdy for the kingdom.
0: We hope you enjoyed this special presentation from LTNCon 2020. Even though you missed the event, you can still catch all of the keynote and breakout sessions by going to ltncon.info or to youtube.com slash nerd.